chances A few worthy romances Go swimming in the ocean On New Year's Day Don't listen to the critics Stand up and bear witness Go slay all the dragons That stand in your way Britain, man, what's going on? I'm, I'm, I feel like Everything. I haven't seen you in forever. Everything I don't know going what's on. going on here. We've been doing podcasts together, but not really. You you name it, and it's been going on. <laughs> man, live. All the time. We, we, both, we both have girls that play basketball. Yeah. I mean, how's Madeline doing, by the way? She's she's killing it out here. She's doing really good. Uh, it's a completely new world for her. This is the first time she's done any kind of organized sport. Yeah. And you're coaching. It's, no, is, no. I, I no, thought you were no. coaching. You're not. No, I would. No. Um, I do not have the patience <laughs> nor the temperament to oh. coach fourth grade girls fourth grade. basketball <laughs> with a team that's made up of six girls who've never played basketball okay. well, before. But she's having fun. She's having a blast. Yeah. And it's, it's a, I have coached a lot of my kids' teams. Um, with Madeline, I wanted to just sit back and enjoy her first yeah. outing uh, as an athlete. That's wise, and Dad. She's she's doing great. Now, I will be helping to coach Gabe's baseball team. Okay, that's coming up. Um, we're, we're moving into They need somebody season. to kick dirt on umpires. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I can do good that. that. I'm pretty good at that. Well, we, we have caught lightning in a bottle. Amelia's yeah, team, um, she's playing on a sixth-grade team. And uh, man, that she's never played before, but she's got two or three girls that have played. Yeah. And uh, man, they've just caught lightning in a bottle. That's awesome. It's so much fun to watch. It's a lot of fun to play watch. Yeah, man. They play. They just play such a wonderful. They're just having fun. You know. Yeah. And and, uh, and they shake hands when they lose, and they're they like, do. "Good game." It's all good. And it's, it's so fun. And so. Uh, shout out on the podcast to Alex Hampton who runs uh, that program down there at the Fayetteville Boys and Girls Club. Oh yeah, Alex, Alex does a man. great job, man. Yeah, the Boys and Girls Club here, it's like the Taj Mahal. I love it's good. going in that place. I love it. Okay. Love it. Well, hey, man, um, this is our first time being together for a couple of weeks. We've yep. had to really sort of tag team and, and uh, go solo a couple of times. But, I, man, Britton, I am so excited about this podcast. I am too. We actually got a chance to do this live um, as a part of your Toastmasters um, sort of pathway yeah, at, at J.B. Hunt, uh, right? Uh, and, yeah, and Toastmasters, I, I kind of explained it at the beginning of the podcast here in a little bit that, that we recorded, but uh, basically it's, uh, it, it, it's part of the, it, it, it's a project I had to complete for my certification through Toastmasters that I'm gaining uh, in, in leadership. And uh, so... The, the the elective was to start a podcast and interview somebody. <laughs> and so you've done that. We've done that a few times. This is the eighth time. This, well, <clears throat> this will be our second interview. Yeah, second. Third interview. Se- third, third interview. Third guest. Jacob. Eighth. Yep. Eighth episode. Eighth this episode. Is wild, third man. guest. Yes. Um, and, Jacob, uh, Jamie, and now. Jacob, Jamie, the, and now we've got a guest that's coming on um, that you guys, I, I think, will really appreciate. And her name is Blake Woolsey. And Blake, uh, this this interview that 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 Britain does, and you'll hear, she just exudes Man. passion for being with people. Yeah, she's, and, uh, and it's, it's it's, I mean, it's incredible, right? Absolutely incredible. I had the chance to have coffee with Blake a few weeks ago prior to doing the interview, just to get to know her, right? And kind of get a feel for her personality and things. And um, 
man, she is just magnetic. She's energetic. Uh, she's very passionate about what she does. She loves to help people. And I'm going to say a thing about this. Here's one of the amazing things about this interview is I asked her when I had coffee, do you want the questions in advance? And she said, no, I want to hear them for the first time yeah. at that interview. So none of this is rehearsed. Right. These are questions that she had no idea I was going to ask. Man, and, I, and, and it comes out, and she's, she's a spontaneous person. Yeah. But, but, but more so, um, and you'll hear in this, and there's a couple of points that I want you guys to pull away. Blake uh, really harps on it. We, we got a chance to talk to her, obviously, kind of off the cuff. Um, and she, she talks about this idea of being prepared, this preparedness. But at the same time, I, I love that she was pre- she's been doing this for so long that when she feels questions, it's almost as though she had thought about them. Like, because it, it, it's just <laughs> yeah. her intuition to, to answer and to engage is so right. good. Right. It's so good. Um, and so uh, what I loved about it is she treated our time together so professionally. Oh my gosh. And just so was good. wanting so much for the folks at Toastmasters to really soak in what she was trying to say. But, you know, we want to tell you guys who Blake really is. So Blake and her husband moved here um, pretty much after they got married. Right after they got married, her husband went to work for uh, J.B. Hunt himself. And Blake actually went to work for the University of Arkansas. She was she was a, a development director, really helped uh, sort of move move the, the, the university in the right direction when it comes to to development and fundraising. Mm-hmm. She's uh, she's been in rooms where she's made fifty million dollar asks, which is crazy to me as a fundraiser. <laughs> um, so you fundraisers out there, pay attention to what she's saying. Absolutely. Um, and then just from there, really built uh, and, and was able to work with some incredible teams. She she started her own company, uh, Executive Communications Consultants. Now they, she's the CEO of Blake Communications. She also worked uh, with Mitchell. Uh, as a, a PR and uh, PR firm, and really now she's an executive coach, right? Right. Um, she's Britain. she really works with brands and executives, and basically. And she'll tell you about all this. Yeah. But you know, if, if you've got an idea, she helps. You know, strategy to get there, and she currently sits on uh, uh, the. Uh, um, she's a board member for XNA, which is uh, Northwest Arkansas Regional Airport. Uh, and so, or national airport, yeah. they've changed their name. Yeah, they, they keep coming. Yeah, we we just, we're going to be international for it too. Yeah, for exactly. Too and so, which probably means like a flight to Toronto. That would be awesome. Um, so we'd be international. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, Blake is absolutely fantastic. There's incredible wisdom in this interview. Um, and, uh, we hope to have Blake on again at yeah. some point where it's just the three of us talking. Absolutely. And, uh, but you guys enjoy this episode. Um, check out Blake on LinkedIn, Blake Woolsey, W-O-O-L-S-E-Y is her last name, Blake Woolsey. Check her out and f- give her a follow. You will not be disappointed. Well, without further ado, Heard, thanks for listening, and we hope you really enjoy this interview that Britton does with our friend Blake Woolsey. Here we go. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Buffalo Way Leadership Podcast. This is Britton Wesson, and my counterpart, Russ Collins, down here, is actually running the computer for a very special episode of the podcast. This week, we are actually recording on location at the Toastmasters International Club at J.B. Hunt Transport in Lowell, Arkansas. So we actually have a real live audience, so if you guys could give a cheer, that would be awesome. (laughs) Fantastic. 
We are glad everyone is here, and we have an incredible privilege today of having Blake Woolsey on the podcast. You guys, welcome, Blake. Blake, thanks for being here today. I'm happy to be here today. Happy, happy. So, Blake, let's jump right into it. Okay. Give us give us a glimpse into the non-speaker life of Blake Woolsey. The non-speaker life. The non-speaker oh, life of Blake Woolsey. I've been married to my husband for 27 years. We moved here, funny enough, because of J.B. Hunt. Mr. and Mrs. Hunt bought an airplane for themselves. And so that brought us from Houston, Texas to northwest Arkansas, although my husband's native to the Springdale area. And we have three boys, 20, 16, and 13. So my normal life is, Mom, I'm hungry. What are we having for dinner? <laughs> so that is my non-speaker life. And, and the way we answer that question as parents is we go, hey, let's just run to Walmart and grab a rotisserie chicken yes. and do whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the staple at our house. Well, Blake, if you are going to go out for a great dinner here in Northwest Arkansas, where are you going? Oh, I would say Ruth Chris. So, like, if you were to break into my computer or anything where you needed the passcode, it's usually Ruth Chris. And my husband wooed me to marry him by taking me to Ruth Chris. Now, I gained 5,000 pounds because, of course, you know, <laughs> everything is slathered in butter. But that would have to be one of my most favorite. It's, and it's seldom we go because it's not exactly something you can afford every single day. So it's right. always a special occasion. I've never been to Ruth's Chris. I know. He said this. We had this conversation. And we I was did. like, you have to go. You have to go and do this. Awesome. Well, Blake, uh, you are a speaker, a consultant. Use, you help strategize with uh, leaders at places like J.B. Hunt, at Walmart, Tyson. Um, so that's what you do yes. when you're not right. being a mom. And, I'm not and you're being not, a mom and a wife, right? Right, running to Walmart and grabbing a rotisserie yes. chicken. Um, what, on, on being a speaker and a consultant, how did you get started? Talk us through that. So, interestingly, I, I was trying to hearken back in my brain, knowing I was going to be here today, when I knew it's something I wanted to do. And I can remember being in 10th grade, and I had to come up with a speech because I was running for an office. And I remember finishing and thinking, if I don't get this, it's okay. Because the joy of this presentation was far more redeeming than even if I get the role. And so I always was seeking ways in which I could continue to work on my ability to speak publicly. When we moved here, I got very involved in the Rotary Club in Springdale, which is a lot, at that point in time, guys, that's 1994. It was a large club and there were very few women. And one of the women who used to own Waco Title, which was purchased by Arvest, the woman who owned that was Joy Drummonds. And I looked at her and I said, I really want the opportunity to speak more publicly. And if you ever see opportunities which you could pass to me, would you and lo and behold, she started passing me opportunities wow. for which she was typically being asked to do. And that was really my opportunity because I knew the more I practiced, the better I would get at doing right. it. So that was sort of my, my entree into speaking in Northwest Arkansas and other places, obviously. That's a great story. Um, what, as you began to take that road and that career development, what hurdles did you personally face and how did you overcome them? Well, I think it's sometimes... It's the reflection. It's taking enough time to know what you can put together that is going to be meaningful. 
Um, it might spark interest and inspire people. But I always feel like for any myself or anybody that I'm coaching in this space, that it is what is going to humanize the presentation the most. It is the stories and it's the examples. And it's having to be hyper-intentional about, oh my gosh, I can use this as an example. And now I feel like I'm not only doing that for myself, but I'm doing it for others. Like I, there was a EVP at Walmart, and after I saw the movie... Oh, what is, uh, oh, the movie with, oh, heavens, Mustang. What is the one that just came out? Yes, Ford versus Ferrari. Thank you. (laughs) That I was like, oh, my gosh. And the EVP at Walmart was like, you have to use this internally as an example because it's, it's literally a Walmart versus Amazon example. And you've got to use this because it's too amazing not to. But it's, you know, it, to me, that can sometimes be the most challenging thing is to figure that out, those stories. Right. So let's kind of go off that. I, I love what you said about what is going to humanize mm. the presentation. Mm-hmm. Talk about that just a little bit and what that does to a presentation in well, your audience. Well, I think that it, it makes you very relatable. And I think as many times as millennials get a really bad rap, I wish I were a millennial as I'm approaching my 50th birthday in March. I'm like, oh, I want to be a millennial so bad. Because I think <laughs> millennials have really um, shaken up our world Absolutely. and the fact that a brand, whether it's you as a human being or it's a brand brand that we shop and walk down at the grocery store to buy that brand, people want to feel connected to it in a very authentic and genuine manner. And I believe that when you speak, you have to speak in a way that doesn't always mean that it's perfect. So sometimes, I think we all love that one Grammy show where Adele was like, whoa, 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 that didn't start off right and I want this to be perfect. And she started over again. And I was like, you want this to be so That's amazing real. for your yes. audience. And so I think that sense of vulnerability is really important when you're speaking in front of people. So people go, oh, wow, you put your pants on the same way I do. Yeah. And you've had to learn the hard way. And I guess once you get to a certain point in your life and your maturity, I just hope people will recognize everybody's lives are messy. Everybody's is no matter mm-hmm. how much money you've made or what your path has been. And being able to express something that where somebody can connect with you and learn or grow or feel inspired or motivated in some way is really what is most important when you're speaking. Thank you. That's a, I love that. And the whole vulnerability and then along with that comes an element of, of humbleness. Oh, of course. When you step on stage, mm-hmm. um, just knowing, hey, we all, we're all the same. We mm-hmm. all struggle. We're all messy. We all have successes and failures. And the difference between me and you is that I'm up here telling you my story of how I got through it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I am I'm very much about that. Um, I've always told people in my career, I'm, I'm a better drafter. Like, if you will just tell me the vision, I will make the magic happen. But I want to make you look good, and I want to help you. Right. It is I don't want as much to be in the, the limelight of things. I, I want to be that servant leader into mm-hmm. helping the organization and helping the individuals around me. Blake, what do you wish you had known when you started out? I think what I wish I had known... I wish I had known that my gut was more accurate than I ever gave yes. it credit for. I, I now look and I think, gosh, when I look back and a few times it's taken me to make decisions when I knew what the decision should be or when my gut was telling me something and I knew it was right or it was wrong and I didn't choose that, that path or I let somebody make that choice for me. 
that I wish I had trusted it more. So that's, for me, it's always like, gosh, I just need to listen because I truly believe that your gut is part of your intellect and you cannot dismiss it. You cannot dismiss it. That's great. Um, So on the topic of public speaking, here at Toastmasters, uh, and we obviously focus on public speaking, Mm -hmm. the art of it, the skills behind it. What are... What is something that you could say to those of us who prepare and give speeches here? And maybe we have uh, some folks considering giving a speech here at Toastmasters sometime. What is What are one or two things specific that you would say, hey, focus on these when you're preparing to step on stage? Oh, I feel like y'all are going to know all of this. <laughs> <laughs> if I was going to say, and this and you're like, yeah, we already know that. We already know that. We are experts at doing that. I think the first thing is, is that there has to be flow. And if it does not flow like a story flows, your content, and you're talking out loud, rehearsing, and you're not even listening to yourself, then maybe that's not what you need to say. You need to make sure it remains captivating. I also believe there need to be crescendos, which are those stories or those examples that are going to pull people into when you're speaking. And then lastly, I would say it's the story to me are, is the string, the thread. The pearls are the transitions that move through. And the transition can be the story or the example. It can be movement on the floor or on the stage that will also prevent you from saying the ums and the ahs, all that verbal noise that we use because you are so well rehearsed, which, of course, that is the underlying thing I'll say to people, have you rehearsed? And people are like, well, sure. And I'm like, no, no, you haven't rehearsed. I promise you, you haven't rehearsed. <laughs> Not the way you need to rehearse. Right. And I, I, when I'm working particularly with executives, I'm always taken by the fact that Doug McMillan for a shareholders meeting will practice 43 times. And you, if you've ever seen him live or on video, it looks like it just happens. Like he was just born and it just oozes. And it doesn't. He has to rehearse. So along with that rehearsal piece, um, I'm a musician. I know the value of <clears throat> rehearsal. Um, and so what if someone says, well, rehearsing a speech is just talking through it, right? What would be one or two techniques that you would say when you rehearse, do this. This is something you can do yep. in you, your rehearsal time. You can stand. Yeah, that's one thing. You can stand because I think that creates an energy level and you're carrying your carriage, your body, for a way in which you're going to then, <clears throat> pardon me, be expressing the words that are going to have to be shared. And I think it requires attention to think about lifting your whole body up. I also would have to say that I wouldn't start from the beginning every single time. Sometimes I want to start in the middle when I'm rehearsing and I want to really make sure I hit it hard on my end because most of us when we rehearse, we think we've got the, we've got the beginning, we've got the middle, and I'm just going to wing it until I get to the end. And that is not what the way you need to do it because you want it to be strong and powerful from start right. until finished. Right. Land that plane well, right? Yep. Land it well. Nobody wants a pilot in the aircraft going, <laughs> man, I'm great on takeoffs during the flight. I'm fantastic. Yeah, I never really practice. pray real landing. hard. <laughs> I think I can get the wheels down. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. If, if someone comes through Toastmasters or whatever organization they're with and they say, you know what? I want to look at making public speaking a part of, I want to make that my career. What advice would you give to them? Someone that they would want to make it their they career. They want to make public speaking their career. 
What's a piece of advice? Well, I would start off with the idea that you need to find as many opportunities to speak as you possibly can. And that means taking yourself out of your comfort zone. When you're speaking on a topic that is not familiar or you don't have expertise in, I can see how you can get rattled by that. But we all have a natural fear when we speak just simply because we want to do a good job. And we have to remember it's not about us. It's about your audience. So that's one thing. And I would say volunteer as much as you possibly can do that. And then figure out how you can be thinking about doing that in a part of a broader audience externally and see what sort of feedback you get because that's what you want, right? It's not just how you feel like you did. You want to be looking at others saying, what could I have improved on? I'm working on this while I'm presenting. Can you tell me if I'm actually hitting this out of the park like I want to, or is it something that I need to continue working on and tell me what you think about that? Mm. So those were, I would think internally, because it's safe around your team members, but then step your foot outside and volunteer to do it as many ways and slices that you can figure out. That's great. Um, just a couple more questions before we wrap. Uh, if you are not doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? If, if you I were not doing, doing what, what doing I'm doing go, now, oh my this gosh, is what I, would do for I you. find so much joy in what I do. But you know, anything, I'm that person that if I am serving other people, I am going to find joy and happiness in it. I just, that's how I'm, how I'm wired. So if I, let's put it this way. If I were to win the lottery and I were to have, I had no worries about paying a mortgage or groceries, I would help, I would help nonprofits probably. I would help nonprofits because I feel like they're, they have, they don't have the human capacity that they need and they also don't have the professional development that they need. And I would want to go in and I would want to be able to say, let's wave a magic wand and figure out how you're going to raise all this money and how you're going to help all of the people in the community that you're, you're aiming to help. That's, a, <laughs> that's, that's probably great. what I would do. Oh, that's great. I love it. And the last question, what do you want to be remembered for 100 years from today? When people hear about Blake Woolsey, a hundred years later, what do you want them to remember you for? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Holy cow! Um, that I was present. Mm. That I was present. That I was there to do whatever needed to be done, and that I was attentive, and that I I made impact. But I want to be present, uh, whether it's to my children or whether it's to the people that I connect with in some manner. That's, that's important to me. That I wasn't just about getting things accomplished and marking it off. That I was in it. Wow. To be present. Well, Blake, uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, I want to say a special thank you to J.B. Hunt and Toastmasters. And uh, thanks, Jose, for getting all this set up for us. <laughs> the guy's relentless. <laughs> he and is an awesome cheerleader, I is. can assure you. He is. He is. Um, Thank you all for listening to the Buffalo Way podcast. Don't forget, you can go to our website at www.buffalowayleadership.com. Put your email address in there. We would love to get you connected with what we call the herd. And, uh, yeah, join the herd. And for for content, we're not going to blast your emails with all kinds of stuff. Uh, But this podcast uh, is available on all platform streaming uh, areas for podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, Once again, thank you. Uh, Blake for being on the on the uh, podcast really appreciate your welcome. words of wisdom very and best welcome. of luck as you continue to speak and train thank you thank you very thank much you, thank you man Britton that was so good I uh, I pull so much away even I, I, I'm 
I've listened to this interview a couple of times, and now we're we're, we're kind of, you know, putting the icing on the cake here. Yeah. But gosh, you know what I love about I loved about the interview is uh, I loved the idea that that Blake put forward, and I think I mentioned this before of this idea of preparedness and and being prepared. And if we if we're gonna be in front of people which is what we do as leaders, right? we need to be prepared with what we're saying. There's no way in the world that we can project confidence to our employees, to our teams, to our buyers, to our customers, to our family, if we're not prepared and we're right. not confident. And what she say, preparing for if you're going to give a presentation, what, 40, 43, 43 times? times yeah. Which is such a wild number. It is. It is. Um, and I, I think when I listened to it again, when I was interviewing Blake, one of the things that struck me was asking her the question, you know, what do you want to be remembered for 100 years from now? Yes. And she said, present. I want to be present. I want to be present. And in, in today's world, oh, it is so difficult to be present. It's so tough. And, you know, what I loved about that, too, is she speaks to executives of multi billion dollar Big companies. companies. Big you know, companies. and, and to, to, to understand that what's in the front of her mind when she's speaking with these executives is that she wants to be present. Be present. And listen to people and right. pay attention to what they're having to say and empathize and understand them. It was yeah. such a good, good advice for those those right. folks at J.B. Hunt. That was great. Um, speaking of J.B. Hunt, want to say a thank you to J.B. Hunt. Absolutely. For letting Thanks us so much. Uh, do this, for also... Uh, allowing Toastmasters to be on campus. Uh, thanks to Jose at Thank Toastmasters Jose. for getting all this set up. And uh, one last thing here, uh, podcast listeners, go to our webpage, www.buffalowayleadership.com, and join the herd. It's Please. the very first thing you'll see when you join that. We are working on what that's going to be looking like, but we want you to join up and be part of the very beginnings of this thing absolutely and we're going to be having content come out that direction but uh give us your email address you're not going to get slammed you're not going to get crazy random text messages you're not going to get a, a bulk of emails coming to <laughs> you every day we're going to send you just quality content that you can read in right. less than three minutes yeah and it's going to help you with everyday leadership yeah and it'll help you through the whole week and so check it out hit us up on social media we are very active on instagram uh, as a matter of fact, we're about to start a new thing. We're going to be doing uh, wallpapers for your cell phone. Woohoo! So Buffalo Way wallpapers. Buffalo Way wallpapers. Man, where you can, this is going to be exciting. If you know, you can click on your phone. It opens up, and there's something. There's content <laughs> right there. It's in the works. It's, it's in, in the our works. Brains it's right coming. Now. It's about to get out. It's coming this week. So check that out. And uh, Buffalo Way underscore. I'm sorry, Buffalo underscore Way underscore Leadership at Instagram. So that's that's where we're at on social media. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. Yes, Buffalo Way Leadership. We are heard, and we, and we now have a LinkedIn business. Oh, page. that's right. Yeah, we Buffalo we, Way Leadership. Buffalo Way on Leadership LinkedIn. on LinkedIn. Hit us up over there. Yeah, we're really working on that. Um, and uh, I'm excited about all the stuff we got going on, Britton. This is yep. really fun, man. Y'all, this is episode eight. Thank you so much for hanging in there Thank with you. us. Yes. Until we see you guys and listen, and uh, you you can hear us next time, stay Buffalo strong, y'all. You guys have a great week. Take a few chances, a few worthy romances. Go swimming in the ocean on New Year's Day. Don't listen to the critics. Stand up and back.
stay out.